0: Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful that we can gather here and hear again the good news of your son's resurrection. Open our hearts to receive your word today that we too might believe and have life. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, I always like to make our guests feel comfortable, and, and you'll love this, Royce. Uh, our, uh, Kimmy's pastor, and Charlie, Kimmy's pastor and Scott's pastor is a huge Cub fan. And he, they told me that he mentions the Cubs in every sermon. I'm not going to do that. But... <laughs> I thought I'd bring it up today, just give me so you'd feel comfortable knowing the Cubs got mentioned. I I thought, how can I make it fit in? And with the sermon, I'll give you how I can make it fit in. There was a time, believe it or not, when I doubted whether the Cubs would ever win. Nobody has trouble believing that I had those doubts, do you, right? Well, I want to talk about doubt today, and I wonder how many of you have ever had doubts. Or questions about your faith. I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands, because the truth is, is if you're being honest, every one of you should raise your hand. But a lot of times we have doubts or we have questions. We don't ask them. can me any number of reasons for that. Sometimes it's because we think people will think our questions are foolish. Or we've convinced ourselves that as as Christians, if I'm a real Christian, I shouldn't have doubts. Or maybe we think we're the only one who has that question, and so we don't ask it. Whatever the reason and I've already shared it with you a little bit here I'm going to let you in on a little secret In areas of faith all of us have doubts okay let's get that straight all of us have doubts every one of us from one time or another not all the time but every one of us has things we question Every believer wonders from time to time, do I really believe this? That's why the story of Thomas is so precious. Now, I want you to notice that the text never, the Bible never gives him the nickname Doubting Thomas. It calls him the twin. He apparently was a twin. Okay? So don't you call him that, because that always labels him as if he was the only disciple who struggled with doubts. They all struggled to believe in the resurrection. So he's not doubting Thomas. No, the the reason that the story is here is not to belittle him, but to help us. Think about it. After all, if one of the apostles had doubts, why are we surprised that we do too? In fact, Thomas' doubts are so strong that at one point he, he swears to the disciples, right? He says, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Now, how does one Come to such doubts and struggles of faith. It happens to us. How does it happen? Well, I think the story of Thomas puts a a number of things on display, and and one is this. It has to do with isolating ourselves from the body of Christ. Guys, I have to point this out. At first Easter Sunday, Thomas skipped church. Am I right? We're not told the reason he wasn't there. Maybe he was busy. Maybe he was sleeping in. Not that that ever happens. They didn't have live stream either back then. Maybe, maybe he was just thought he could handle his grief on his own and he needed not need anybody's help. Maybe he thought, "Oh, that's the use. Jesus is dead. Dead is dead. It's over. Let's move on. For whatever reason, He wasn't there to see Jesus when he came. You know, I I often hear that. You know, well, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And and, you're right. But you know what? You don't have to meet the president to be an American. But if he invites you over, I bet you go. And every time we gather here, the living Christ invites us into his home with his family. Why? Because we need to be with him. It's where faith comes from, from being with him. And when we isolate ourselves, when we absent ourselves, when we absent ourselves for whatever reason over a long period of time, that's going to have an impact on our faith. And that's why so many churches and so many pastors have been concerned during COVID-19. we got a big crowd today. But you know what? And that's wonderful. But there are a lot of people who aren't back yet and who aren't... Some are online, but many have quit watching online we were worried about what's happening to their faith. So isolating yourselves from uh, the body of Christ can, can really make those struggles and those doubts harder and deeper. I think one of the other things probably going on is uh, he's a little disillusioned and disappointed because, you know, Thomas, all those guys really, they had they had given up their livelihood, their lives, and they'd followed Jesus, believing he was the promised Messiah, and then he died. And suddenly the bottom fell out of their faith, and I have a feeling that Thomas was a little bit like, I'm not going to make that mistake again, I'm not going to be fooled. You know the old saying, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I think there's some of that disillusionment going on in Thomas, and that happens in our day, you know, I... I met a young man who, uh, a pastor he dearly loved, took his own life. And then he heard believers judging and disparaging that pastor. And this young man said, I don't want to be a part of a faith like that. Disillusionment can be a reason for doubts and questions. And another, another one can be deep theological questions. I, I think Thomas is struggling like anybody would with the whole idea of a dead person rising. How can that happen? Reminds me of a, a, a good friend of mine in, in high school who left high school a believer, but he went to a Christian college where they taught that the Bible isn't true, that the miracles didn't happen. And when I next saw him, he said, Wayne, if they don't believe it, why should I? Guilt can be a reason for doubts. You know, I think... Thomas was struggling with a little bit of guilt because he—it wasn't just Peter that made a promise never to desert him. They all made that promise, and indeed, before they even went to to see Lazarus, Thomas had had sworn. He said, "Let us also go that we may die with him." But when push came to shove, you know what Thomas did? He ran like they all did. And now, if Jesus was a lie, that just kind of doubled the guilt, didn't it? And it was easier to doubt than to have to deal with his own failure. You know where the doubts and the questions come from in your life. Believing is hard. In fact, for us... Believing is impossible. Know the scripture from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3? No one, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You see, we are sinful. And you know the problem we are spiritually blind, we're spiritually dead, we are by nature God's enemies. Rebellion, sin, doubt, that all comes natural. To us, what is isn't natural is believing. You learn this in catechism. If If you remember from Luther's small catechism, the third article, the explanation, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. Disciples once asked Jesus, well, who can be saved? And he said, well, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That's why I love the story of Thomas. Because Jesus knows all about our faith struggles. And his answer, his response, is grace. You know, when they get together, Jesus doesn't say to Thomas, why weren't you in church? He doesn't ask him. He doesn't belittle him. He doesn't berate him. Doesn't put him down. How can you have doubts? There's none of that. In fact, what we see is that Jesus has been paying attention. Because before Thomas can even Ask the question. Jesus answers. Did you notice that? Thomas did not even get a word out. And Jesus turns to him. He says, Peace be with you. And then he turns to Thomas, right? And he's put put your finger here. See my hands. Put your hand, out your hand, and place it into my side. Folks, you and I don't need to hide our struggles, our questions, our doubts. He knows what troubles your heart. He knows where you struggle with believing. And it doesn't scare him. He welcomes it. You know, this drives me crazy. People, we think... That because I'm a Christian and I'm a church member, that here I have to act like I've got all the answers and I understand everything and I, like, I, like I don't have any questions. Folks, I've been studying this stuff for 37 years. I have questions still. This is supposed to be a place where we can come and admit our struggles. And wrestle with other people with our doubts. Where we can ask our questions. And it's okay. Because you know what God's response is to all of that? Grace. He knows what's going on in your heart. There's nothing that is in your mind or mine that he is not aware of. Right, I remember a young lady whose husband was killed suddenly she, in an accident, and she was angry with God. And she shared that with me, and I said, "Well, what do you? What's the best thing you can do when you're angry with a friend? Talk to them. Well, my f- God is your friend." And when you're angry with him, he can handle it. When you have questions, it's okay. Just don't quit talking to him. He loves you, he gave his son for you. Jesus gave his life. He loves you, doubts, and all. Isn't that amazing? That's our our God. See, He knows that faith is impossible for us. So He does the impossible in us. He speaks faith into our hearts just as He did to Thomas. You know, he he showed him his hands inside. He says, Don't disbelieve. Believe it. I want you to notice the text never says that Thomas ever touched him, that Thomas ever went ahead and put his hand into his side. and doesn't say that at all. Apparently, the word of Jesus was enough. And Thomas looks at him, he says, My Lord and my God. Jesus spoke faith into his hearts, And that's, that's what he does for us. Through his word, God gives us what is impossible. The gift of faith. That's the other part of that quote from Luther. You know, I quoted it before. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But, always remember, the but is always the most important word. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the one true faith. Why do we have struggles? Because through our struggles, God grows us so that we can be a blessing to others in their struggles. Jesus asked, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. God has used the struggles of Thomas to bless the faith of everyone else who's ever had struggles and doubts for centuries. I'll tell you another one. I love this story. Is a man by, you know, you'd probably know the name, a man by the name of C.S. Lewis. What you may not know is that at one point, Lewis renounced the Christian faith, and he set out to prove that it was a hoax. And even that didn't scare God one little bit. God kept sending Lewis people like J.R.R. Tolkien and G.K. Chesterton to share the faith with him. Lewis says, the hound of heaven, that's what he called the Holy Spirit, the hound of heaven kept scratching at my door, wanting back in. You want to know how God used all that? He used his struggles to shape Lewis into the foremost defender of the Christian faith in the 20th century. And we're five, something like five decades from the time of his death, and in universities like Concordia and in our own homes, we're still reading his books and learning some of the answers to the doubts that he struggled with so that our faith is built up. You know, here in this text, St. Saint, Saint, uh, John, he says, he says these things, he's talking about his gospel, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that by believing, you might have life in his name. And that includes the story of Thomas. That's why he included it. And that's the purpose for your story. See, ask your questions. Express your doubts. Wrestle with them with God. Because you know what? God will not be scared. He welcomes your answers. And He will shape you into someone who can be a help to others. That's, that's the point. Jesus who spoke faith into your heart and mine, now speaks that faith to others through you and me. Amen. 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 Now may the peace of God, which pass all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting..